Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you could join me for episode two of A General Good Time. I want to welcome each and every one of you into this space, and I am beyond excited and grateful to have you all present in this moment with me. With that being said, I wanted to introduce this week's topic. As the title suggests, we will be exploring expectations, what they are, some examples, and the impact that they have in our daily lives. So first off, what are expectations? I find that this question was much harder to answer since everyone has expectations, but generally we don't really define what an expectation is, just as a concept itself. According to the Oxford Dictionary, an expectation can refer to several things, but usually it refers to a strong belief that an event will, will occur or come to be in the future, and it can also apply to desires for someone to achieve or accomplish something as well. So it seems simple enough, but like many concepts, it is much easier to picture on paper. The reality of the situation is that with expectation comes the unavoidable feeling of disappointment, or so it seems. One quote that I stumbled upon when I was researching this topic was by Barry Schwartz, which states that the secret of happiness is low expectations. I thought that was kind of interesting, um, so I decided that I wanted to look deeper into the psychology of expectations. So when I was exploring, I found that there is a very similar line of thinking. So this article that was published titled um, The Psychology of Expectations why Unrealistic Expectations Are Premeditated Resentments by Dr. John A. Johnson was published in Psychology Today in 2018. I thought this article was particularly compelling because it breaks down why having unrealistic expectations can be detrimental overall by highlighting two main reasons. One, just because we're expecting something to happen doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. So the example that this article cites notes how young children have difficulty distinguishing between the subjective worlds. So let's say that I'm a child and I, you know, have my own imaginary world with, you know, its own set of rules and structures. I, as a child, may have a hard time distinguishing that from the outer real world, quote unquote, right? And so according to the developmental psychologist, John P.A., children therefore sometimes believe that their thoughts can directly cause things to happen. So for example, if I'm thinking angry thoughts, right, about my sibling, that if they end up falling down the stairs, right, I can think that, you know, those two are directly related. So this form of thinking is noted as magical thinking. And so... In that particular example, even though those two incidents are not related, uh, they can feel that way. Also due to the popular belief of the law of attraction. So the law of attraction, to simplify, states that our thoughts attract events into our lives. So for many of us, it is difficult to let go of the idea that if we expect something to happen, that means, you know, it's going to make it happen when that may not always be the case. So secondly, so the second part is that as human beings in general, we have the natural tendency to pin our hopes onto, un, like, pin our hopes for happiness onto fulfilling expectations. So, in theory, this is not necessarily a bad thing, especially since if we have good reasons into believing that we can fulfill an expectation, then also if we take the necessary steps to do so. So, 
when they state good reasons, right? What does this mean? So this also might include us looking at our past experience. Like for example, speaking personally for myself, every time I go to the beach, I I feel relaxed, I feel calmer. So as a result, every single time, you know, I I come to expect this experience every time I go to the beach, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But the problem of expectation occurs when we expect something to happen without good reason for that expectation. This is incredibly unrealistic and can end up setting one up for disappointment. So for instance, let's say I wanted breakfast. I can't just have breakfast by thinking it into existence. I have to take the necessary steps to make it happen. This is especially true when I was living on my own in university. There wasn't a hot breakfast ready for me. I would have to go and buy the groceries, prepare the ingredients, and actually make the meal itself. I mean, it would be kind of ridiculous for me to expect that it would magically appear if I don't take the necessary steps to actually make my breakfast. So I know that that may seem like an oversimplification or a more direct example, but it's a little bit more tricky when it comes to our interpersonal relationships um, to determine when our expectations may not be as helpful. So I find that it's much harder to separate our expectations of others to behave in a specific way, even if our expectations for them are unrealistic or ridiculous, honestly. Like speaking personally, I have very high expectations when it comes to friendship. And if, for instance, right, I spend X amount of time and energy into gifts that I end up expecting the same of the receiving party. This is actually not fair, right? As we, you know, the receiving party may not have the same expectations and or interests as me, right? But from my perspective, this can lead to disappointment, misdirected frustration, and can even lead to resentment towards the other party if it goes unchecked. So the reason why I brought up this topic today was because for myself, I find it harder and harder to manage my expectations. This can be for a variety of reasons. As I stated before, I personally struggle with depression and anxiety, which can manifest in overwhelming thoughts, feelings, and unrealistic expectations placed on myself, which then I can project onto other people. This is by no means an excuse or justification. Rather, it makes it slightly more difficult to realize the harm I may be inflicting on myself and those around me. I find myself oftentimes subscribing to an all-or-nothing mentality, also known as black-or-white thought patterns or thinking. So in cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, all or nothing thinking refers to thinking in extremes. You're either a success or a failure. So this binary way of thinking does not account for shades of gray, which can be responsible for a great deal of negative evaluations of yourself and others. So again, I want to emphasize that I'm not a mental health professional or, you know, a psych expert, I am, you know, just referring to these concepts that I myself are, am learning and, and practicing and engaging in. So take that um, as you will. But this way of thinking, so again, black or white or all or nothing thinking can be responsible for a great deal of negative evaluations of yourself and others. It can also go unnoticed for a long time as it is hard to separate expectation from reality. You know, what can even exasperate these feelings further is also our tendency as human beings towards a confirmation bias, which refers to the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. Though this is though the confirmation bias is not inherently negative, it can lead to strengthening negative feelings one may feel internally and read it more as a fact rather than just a simple thought or opinion. So this is actually reminiscent of the first episode in which we dived into the concept 
of thought distortion. So it is important to recognize, especially that our thoughts are just thoughts and not fact. And that, again, how this relates to expectations is that expectations are not reality. Another concept I also wanted to briefly touch upon is that of a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is defined as the process through which an originally false expectation leads to its own confirmation. So in a self-fulfilling prophecy, an individual's expectations about another person or entity eventually result in the other person or entity acting in ways that confirm the expectations. For instance, if I assume that I'm going to fail the course, I may engage in behaviors that will not benefit me, such as not taking the time to ask my professor and or my peers for help on a subject early on. This ties into expectations as if I expect myself to accomplish school without asking for help. I am placing myself in a box, you know, and and causing like a barrier for myself and forcing myself to work much harder and struggle due to unrealistic expectations. I can speak from personal experience and I kind of wanted to talk about my own story, Um, specifically what I was going through the second semester when I studied abroad in Tokyo. So I studied abroad in Tokyo during my junior year of college, which was the fall of 2018. So I want to emphasize that I had a lovely time studying abroad and it was one of my most like life-changing experiences. And I, while I do not regret it at all, it definitely was not the easiest time for me. So especially when I entered the second semester of Tokyo, I had a lot of unaddressed feelings and thoughts and expectations that I placed upon myself. Um, And at that time, I had untreated, undiagnosed clinical depression. Um, And so I kind of internalized a lot of feelings of self-doubt, sadness, anger, frustration, feeling like I was worthless and a failure, especially since I expected at this point that I, you know, was, I was wondering why I was unable to get a job despite my other peers being able to get a job. I was internalizing that I wasn't good enough. I was also struggling academically with my grades. So it definitely was not the easiest time. I also felt a great amount of shame and guilt and I didn't want to reach out for help. I felt as though it was my responsibility and I had to struggle all by myself and I found that instead of turning to my community members for support and those around me, I felt that it was easier for me to isolate myself and to keep myself alone and to struggle silently as opposed to reaching out for help. And in turn, obviously, it made the situation much worse because I didn't expect people to understand where I was coming from. I didn't expect, you know, other people to empathize with me or to help me out. You know, I only thought that I was supposed to take care of everything for myself, you know, because I thought it was my fault that all of, you know, I was feeling this way and that I was just being oversensitive or overly sad for no apparent reason. I think at that time, I didn't realize that I was experiencing extreme, extreme depression and I just blamed myself. I thought that, you know, I'm in a whole other country. I'm very lucky and privileged to be studying abroad. You know, I'm in Japan. Like that is like, you know, it's a dream to be able to live in Japan. And 
and while I, you know, I was very lucky in that situation, I, you know, I also just neglected, negated my actual feelings and how I felt. I felt as though I didn't deserve to feel sad, you know, almost like this idea of toxic positivity that I had to be grateful for every single thing and that that somehow would cancel my feelings of depression and that I was ashamed. I didn't want to tell or admit to my peers or to my professors that I just didn't want to go to class. I just ended up not showing up. I ended up isolating myself. I ended up, you know, staying in bed and not asking for help and, you know, just just swallowing. Like I felt like I was spiraling and doing things to self-sabotage because the expectations that I placed on myself were so high and they were really ridiculous, honestly. Like, I don't think I would ever try to expect someone else who was in my position to nearly do as much. But I I find that oftentimes we are our worst critics and we are our worst enemies. And so, therefore, when I was going through that, I was experiencing a sense of shame and guilt. But also, simultaneously, I don't know if it was pride or if it was just ego, but I refused to ask for help. I just wanted to handle everything behind the scenes until there was a point where I couldn't handle anything behind the scenes and I was reaching my breaking point. And I think what I realize now with the gift of hindsight looking back is that had I reached out sooner and had I you know, be willing to trust those around me and also trust myself that People were not there to judge me, but rather they were there to support me and that they weren't in a position to exasperate my own situation and that I had to be more compassionate towards myself. I would find that I probably would have had a much easier time and I probably would have been able to get the resources and get my official diagnosis much sooner and I think that looking back obviously knowing the mistakes that I made in my life and realizing that one of the main takeaways that I can get from this is that having unrealistic expectations whether onto myself or other people can serve as as harm you know whether I experience the effects immediately or in the long term or in hindsight looking back that I didn't necessarily need to have to put myself in that situation. I didn't necessarily need to struggle as much just because I had this unrealistic expectation of wanting to handle everything by myself. I have a community and I'm very grateful and I have a support network. I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in thoughts of wanting to do everything by yourself or not wanting to admit that there's a problem that sometimes and I'm, and I'm speaking for myself sometimes it's like I I'm scared to ask for help I'm scared to say that there's a problem because I don't want it to be real but you know reminding myself that again that having these expectations are not reality and that I'm not perfect and that I'm human really allowed for me to ground myself I remember at that time what my best friend told me was that I was human and I think that that really 
like that struck me you know it was such a simple question but uh not question excuse me but statement but i think at that time i questioned not necessarily like my my humanity but just my ability to make mistakes or to feel shame or to to struggle i just felt as though i had to be perfect and if i wasn't perfect that i had to struggle alone and so with my best friend reminding me that i am human and that it's okay you know really put into perspective which is why i wanted to talk about expectations and why i bring that up in the first place is because i wanted to just basically state that what does this mean right does this mean that we should get rid of all expectations well as tempting as that is i think you know the moral of this is that it is important to remember that not all expectations are bad or negative and that you know sometimes expectations can also serve as motivation for our goals in the future i think ultimately the key to expectations lie in balance and also just what it means to let go so when i say this right these are the two areas that i'm still personally struggling with and honestly i'm not sure where to even begin to process how to let go of some of my insecurities i think for me and also just for you all i think patience and compassion as cheesy as it sounds i feel like it can go a long way in managing expectations i think it's important also to remember that expectations are not reality and that it's okay to feel multiple feelings at once that aren't just happy you know i feel like it's almost like there's this expectation that the default is happiness when in reality people have multiple feelings and we are multifaceted and multidimensional and therefore it's okay to let yourself feel sad but knowing that it's not your fault or anybody's fault if expectations aren't being met expectations are just that right expectations and the only thing that we can really do is try to manage them on a daily basis even if it's just a little bit great so with that being said we have reached the end of this week's podcast episode i hope you all have enjoyed it and if you do please consider liking following and sharing this as it is much appreciated if you yourself have any topic idea or suggestions, please feel free to email me at a general good time podcast at gmail.com. Again, the email is a general good time podcast at gmail.com as I check that regularly and would love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, I, I hope you all have had a good time and a great rest of your week.